Welcome to the RAF Mildenhall Protestant Parish Podcast. As you prepare your heart to receive today's word, we pray that you are encouraged, inspired, and uplifted. Gracious and always God, we thank you for what we have heard through the songs and worship. We ask now, God, that we prepare our minds and our hearts and our spirits to uh, receive what thus saith the Lord. Speak to us this day through your words. In Jesus' name that we pray, that every heart say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Again, thank you to our praise team, to our media, and to our ushers on today, and to Miss Virginia, our coordinator for those announcements. I want to call your attention to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 2. Yet in Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. As we continue in this series on the fruits of the Spirit, I'd like to read from Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 5, as we look at the fruit of faith. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It can also be found on the screen. And also to our viewing audience, welcome. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men, everybody say four men, arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Verse 5, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. With today being October 31st, the official day of Halloween, I want to dress up today's message by speaking from the thought, the Fantastic Four, or as a subtopic, the Faithful Four. Uh, Because as believers, we don't celebrate Halloween. Uh, We have something called Hallelujah Night that leads up to the actual event. But on Friday night, I saw a lot of folks dressed up in their costumes finest. And so today, I want to talk from the thought fantastic four. Many of us are familiar with this fictional superhero team that appeared in American comic books published by Marvel Comics. And really y'all had two times to dress up because FSS had a, what was that? Mildecon, thank you, thank you sir. Yeah, y'all had, y'all got over twice, amen. The team debuted in the Fantastic Four number one, which is dated November 1961, 60 years ago, 
next month and helped us usher in a new level of realism in the medium at that time. Uh, these four characters gained superpowers and exposure to cosmic rays during a scientific mission to outer space. The characters are Mr. Fantastic, known as Rit Reed Richards, who is a scientific genius and the leader of the group who can stretch his body into incredible lengths and shapes. There's the invisible woman, Sue Storm, who eventually married Reed and can render herself invincible and project powerful, invincible force fields and blast. Now, I'm not big on superhero type stuff, but as I was doing my study putting this together, she reminded me a lot like Storm from X-Men. So I think, Mar you know, between Marvel and what's the other one? DC, they were sharing characters, you know. Hey Amen, but let's go on. The Human Torch, Johnny Storm, Sue's younger brother, who can generate flames, surround himself with them and fly. And finally, the monstrous thing, who was Ben Grimm, the grumpy but benevolent friend, a former college football star, Reed's college roommate, and a good pilot who possesses tremendous superhuman strength, durability, and endurance due to his stone-like flesh. Since 1961, the 1961 introduction to Fantastic Four have been adapted into other media to include four animated series and four live-action films being portrayed as somewhat dysfunctional, yet a loving family. The Gospel of Mark is the second of four Gospels recorded in the New Testament and the second of the three synoptic Gospels which excludes John's Gospel. It is the shortest and earliest of the four and is presumed to have been used by Matthew and Luke to compose their accounts. While the text lacks literary polish, it is simple and direct and is the primary source of information about the ministry of Jesus. He writes to Gentile converts, those living in Rome, as well as the Romans, as well as the leaders and leadership of that city or country. Nothing impressed them more than action, for they knew nothing about scripture, but everything about power. In chapter one, we're told of John the Baptist, who is Jesus' cousin. We can find proof of that in Luke's gospel. John is introduced as making preparation for the coming Messiah. He was the voice that cried out in the wilderness, saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. John preached that people should be baptized to show that they, had, that they needed to uh, repent of their sins and turn to God to be forgiven. Many came and confessed their sins and were baptized in the Jordan River. John wasn't a fancy individual and didn't have an expensive palette, for his clothes were woven from coarse camel hair and he wore a leather belt around his waist and for food he ate locusts and wild honey. John knew his position to that of the coming Messiah and therefore announced the, the coming of someone greater than he and his unworthiness to stoop down like a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. It was John's assignment to baptize with water, yet the Messiah would come later and baptize with the Holy Ghost. 
Jesus came from Nazareth to Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan River and heaven rejoiced that day for the spirit of God descended like a dove and God was well pleased with his son. The spirit compels Jesus into the wilderness for 40 days and was tempted by Satan, but the angels of God took care of Jesus. John is arrested and Jesus is preaching God's good news and announces the kingdom of God is near. So repent of your sins and believe the gospel. As Jesus is making his rounds in Galilee, he recruits Simon and his brother Andrew. Then a short while after the sons of Zebedee saying, come and follow me and I will show you how to become fishers of men. They came to Capernaum. And on the Sabbath day, Jesus teaches in the synagogue and the people are amazed at the teaching because he taught with authority, unlike the teachers of religious law, for they did not know their content as good as Jesus. As I was uh, brewing over this part of the scripture, I, I thought about how uh, we often attend uh, these professional development courses and uh, how some facilitators are a bit more strong in their skill than others. And I thought that was a great comparison to this text. Jesus's uh, facilitation or his preaching of the gospel, uh, Jesus in essence knew what he was talking about. Whereas we had some of those religious leaders who had to stand there and read out the book because they didn't know it in their heart. Suddenly a man possessed by an evil spirit shows up shouting at Jesus as to why he's there interfering. And here uh, Jesus tells him, uh, well, the spirit asked rather if he had came to interfere uh, and if he has come to destroy them because he knew Jesus was the Holy One. So it took the evil spirit to identify who Jesus was to those who should have known him but did not. And Jesus tells the spirit to be quiet and come out of the man the evil spirit screams and throws the man into a convulsion, and then the evil spirit comes out of him. While all this is going on, the audience is amazed, and they started chatting about what they saw and asked what type of teaching was this, because apparently they never saw any teaching with illustration and demonstration. They knew the evil spirit obeyed Jesus, and the news of what they saw spread quickly. And as a result, Jesus leaves the synagogue with his companions and they go to Simon and Andrew's house. When they arrive, Simon's mother-in-law is sick with a high fever and Jesus goes by her bedside, takes her by the hand and helps her sit up. And at that moment, the fever left. Uh, yeah. It didn't take a long prayer meeting. Didn't take a whole lot of people to get on my side and come in agreement. All Jesus had to do was touch her. Some of us just need a touch from the Lord. After sunset, many demon possessed were brought to Jesus and the town gathered to watch Jesus heal many with various diseases and cast out demons who knew who he was, but were not allowed to speak. Before daybreak, Jesus goes to an isolated place because after you deal with folks, sometimes you got to go by yourself and pray. Amen.
Folks are draining. They'll take everything out of you and won't put nothing back. So Jesus had to find his way to an isolated place to pray for God to replenish what he had given. His companions went looking for him, and when they found him, the first thing they said was, everyone's looking for you. And Jesus' response is, we must go someplace else because I didn't come here to heal. I came here to preach. Amen. As they move forward, they encounter a man with leprosy. And this man begs Jesus to heal him. The man says, if you're willing, make me clean. And Jesus moved with compassion, healed the man, and then charged him not to tell nobody. But to go to the priest for examination. What did the man do? He did the opposite <laughs> of what Jesus said. And I'm, I must confess, I probably would have done the same thing. Because if I got a touch from Jesus, I couldn't keep it to myself. I know how I am now without being in his physical presence. That when he does something in my life, I just got to tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus. But in me wanting to tell some, somebody, I got to be careful who I tell. Because not everybody's going to be happy for what the Lord did in my life. So y'all be careful who you talk to about what the Lord is doing in your life. Amen. In chapter 2, our text today, Jesus is back in Capernaum. And the news spread quickly that he was in town. Somebody must have put it on Facebook that Jesus was back in Capernaum. For the house that he was in became so packed that there was no additional room inside, so much so that the crowd ran outside. Jesus was doing what he came to do, and that was preaching God's word. And all of a sudden, four men arrived, the fantastic four, or the faithful four, carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't get to him, uh, to Jesus through the front door because of the crowd, so they had to figure out another way to get this man to Jesus. Y'all remember our characters of the Fantastic Four, correct? There was Reed Richards, who was Stretch. So in this instance, one of the four had faith that stretched beyond the crowd, along with Johnny Storm's fire of the Holy Ghost that guided them as to which way they should go. My dad taught me to learn, you know, more than one way to get home. Amen. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. So they went to the roof and dug a hole. Ben Grimm, who was known as the thing, had the strength to remove the obstacle and did not let the obstacle deter them from what they were trying to do. And then it says that they tore the roof. And as they tore the, the roof, a hole in the roof, it happened to be exactly right over Jesus's head. Well, Sue Storm had invisible power and could see exactly where Jesus was and calculated exactly where the thing should tear the hole in the roof. Once they tore the hole in the roof, they lowered the man on his mat right in front of Jesus. And the Bible says, seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. This is the message, and I'm almost done. We need people in our lives that will carry us when we are down. Because the fact of the matter is our faith is not always where it should be, but it helps when we have people around us 
that have the faith that we ought to have. We need people that have us, listen to this, in spite of us. We need people that will not leave us where, watch this, we are not meant to be. We need people that will go the distance to make sure we have what we need and not carry us as a means to fulfill their own needs and desires, but genuinely seeking aid for the need that we have. Now, the Bible says that Jesus saw their faith and said to the man, my child, your sins be forgiven. Can you imagine how these four felt after coming together in faith? Only to witness Jesus forgive the man's sin, but not heal him of his paralysis. Jesus knew this man's physical condition, physical condition was a result of his spiritual condition, not to imply that a specific sin paralyzed this man. And in order to heal the external, he had to start with the internal, for the common root of all pain and suffering is sin. Jesus figured like this, what good is it to have two good legs and walk right into hell after I physically heal you? Forgiveness is the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performs, for it meets our greatest need, it costs the greatest price, and it brings the greatest blessing with the most lasting results. Sometimes we have people in our lives who don't know why they are there, and neither do we. But God is working something through their faith on our behalf. But in addition to all this, there were some Pharisees in verses 6 through 12 uh, who had a problem with what Jesus did. For they said to themselves, uh, this is blasphemy, for only God can forgive sins. And the text says that Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked this question without them saying anything. Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So Jesus says in verse 10, I will prove to you that the Son of Man, no longer Jesus, but now the Son of Man, because the Son of Man uh, shows a sign of his divinity and his authority in the divinity uh, on earth to forgive sins. So Jesus turned to the paralyzed man. First, Jesus said, my child, your sins be forgiven thee. But now with the authority of God, he says, stand up. <laughs> Take up your mat and go home. And the man didn't take his time getting up. Sometimes we take our time after God has blessed us with what we know we needed healing from. We're not excited about it. We don't want to tell nobody about it. But the Lord could have done something major in our lives. But this man didn't patty cake about what the Lord did in his life. For the Bible says he jumped up, <laughs> grabbed his mat, <laughs> and walk through the stunned onlookers 
And they were all amazed, praising God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. Jesus said, my child, possession of who this man was, to the crowd, he was a paralyzed man. But to Jesus, he was my child. I don't know what you're going through and what you're facing, but to other people, you may be that thing you're going through. But to Jesus, we are his children. I don't know about y'all, but I'm happy in my soul just thinking about this text. Hey, Amen. If I was home, I'd run around church right now. <laughs> but after he said, your sins be forgiven, he dealt with the doubters. Those who practice religion. A whole lot of us in here practicing what we don't really have. And therefore, we don't have the authority that God gave us when he got up, from, got up out the grave, giving us all power in our hands like God gave to him. After he says, your sins be forgiven, he told the man, stand up, take up your mat, and go home. Don't go someplace you don't have no business being. Invalidating what I just did. But go home. A lot of us go places we don't have no business being after the Lord bless us. The Lord heal you from drinking. And then you go back and hang around folks that's drinking. That'll take you right back into the very thing the Lord delivered you out of. The Lord said, go home. And when others are able to witness the workings of God in your life, there ain't nothing nobody can say. But I haven't seen nothing like this before. Why don't you look at your neighbor? You ain't got no mask on, so just look at him. You know what you're looking at? A miracle. That's the sermon today. You may not be in a place where you have faith to get you through your situation, but find you a few faithful. Find you a few fantastic that'll help carry you where Jesus is. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and all wise God, we thank you for what our eyes have seen and what our ears have heard. We thank you, God, for positioning us in the presence of uh, those in our lives that have the faith, the bold faith, Lord, to carry us when we don't have the strength to carry ourselves. We just ask, God, that as those individuals continue to pour into us and carry us in our weakness, that you will strengthen us to be able to be in position to carry someone else that may not be strong in their faith. Lord, build our faith. Encourage us to have faith, for we know it's impossible to please you without faith. Your word reminds us that faith, now faith is 
the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For it's by faith the elders obtain a good report. And today, Lord, we ask that you increase our faith. But also, Lord, we pause to appreciate those who extend their faith on our behalf. We love you. We praise you. And we thank you for all that you do, have done, and will do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We pray that you were blessed by today's word. If you have enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe and share. Thank you for stopping by our station. And until next time, may the peace of God be with you.